This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. I'm really, really excited about this one. Um, he's would would probably be considered a local celebrity at this point, uh, but now it's growing to almost a national quote-unquote viral level, Mike Ruder. The guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that you see all over social media dropping bombs straight up rap bombs about real estate, about ice cream, about some other cool shit that's actually coming down the pipe that you guys don't even know about yet. Mikey Thank you so much for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate you having me. So I'll give kind of a little bit of a backstory. You know, we've been we've been kind of like chit chatting a little bit about uh, social media lately. Um, we've talked about some some of the comedic stuff that's been going on with some of the restaurant guys. I've been talking to like a bitchy waiter, an honest restaurant manager, the angry bartenders coming on. We had Colin on yesterday, who's killing it in the real estate game from a social media standpoint. You know, and Mike isn't a real estate agent. Mike's in, Mike's in titling. Um, and actually, before we even started the episode, I, I actually learned a couple things from it already. And that's kind of what Mike does is Mike educates, educates you and teaches you, but in a very, very entertaining way. But I've known Mike since, uh, well, probably when he was in like high school. I think he was in high school at that point. Yeah. Kind of lost touch for a little while there um just from a standpoint of like growing up and getting older and things of that nature but um you know life's kind of brought us right back around which has been awesome um and in that time mike's made a, a huge impact um on on social media on facebook and some other or some other avenues like that um but let's get into like you know the beginnings of mike ruder so the starting point i know you were in did you go to calvert hall um no don't okay. I went, I went to Delaney. You went to Delaney. All right. So you went to Delaney, got out of, uh, got out of high school. Start me from there. Start me the, the Mike Reuter journey. From high school, I went to Towson University. Um, let's see. So I went to Towson. I actually, I was like an average student, you know, in high school. Um, I got waitlisted going into college. I got like 1050 SAT. A buddy of mine, Chad Owen, helped me get my SATs from 950 to 1050. I'll get into later is pretty funny. I was speaking to the uh, future business leaders of America kids recently. Um, got waitlisted. They let me in Towson. Um, went there and I graduated. Um, upon when I was getting ready to graduate, my uncle had moved from Baltimore, from Texas to Baltimore. So I was going to work for this company, StudentCity.com. It's like the number one spring break company in the world. In college, I was selling spring break trips for him. I ended up Facebook like just came out. I think it was my freshman year, 2004. So just came on spring break trips. Um, I ended up being like the setting a record, like the number two most spring break trips ever sold in the history of the company. These guys are the ones who do like MTV spring break, all that kind of stuff. 
So I was actually set up, I was going to work with them. Um, when I graduated, my uncle had moved from Texas to Baltimore, opened a jewelry store. Him and I were kind of working together a little bit. I was helping him with like advertising and marketing. Mainly it wasn't like a jewelry store, like a Smythe or Zales. You walk into and buy something. It was kind of precious metals, gold, silver, diamonds, watches. And we were really looking to just buy stuff from people and then load it for a higher price or scrap the gold, things like that. Um, so what happened was I graduated and ended up working with him. Long story short, him and I worked together. I was still bartending at night, CVP and Towson. Fate kind of happened. I met these guys through my uncle because it was like right after 2008. So their title company, you know, with the mortgage crash and all that kind of stuff, the title company just kind of, you know, all title companies and mortgage companies, you know, if they didn't go under, they were just surviving. So I met these guys who owned a title company, awesome dudes. Um, still grateful to them for them to this day. They wanted to get into like buying gold and things like that. They linked up with my uncle. We ended up kind of teaching them, doing some things with them for gold and stuff like that. I worked with my uncle for a few years. Um, then we just had a crazy, crazy story, which led to all kinds of personal trauma and obstacles and things like that. My uncle was killed in our jewelry store. Um, after he passed, I gave up the jewelry stuff right away. Shortly after that, the bar I had bartending at burned down. Um, and uh, if you're listening, owners of CVP, it wasn't me still, still to this day, it was not me, I swear. Uh, the bar burned down. So I was like, shit, what am I gonna do now? Like life is just against me here. Um, so I ended up, I saw a post on Facebook actually, funny enough, from the guys we had linked up with, I met through my uncle who were trying to buy gold and silver, things like that. They were hiring a marketing and salesperson. I had no idea what a title company even was. I kind of went on a website, looked up their, you know, their website, their company, did some research, still didn't know what it was. And I just hit them up. I sent them a message. Hey man, I'd like to come in and talk to you. I went in, they hired me that day. Um, and I started with those guys in it. And that's kind of how I got from there. She's about 10 years, a little more now later. I was with them for probably about four years or so, something like that. Um, and then I was kind of ready from there, I think just to kind of branch off on my own. And I kind of built my partner. Do you want me to get into our, the company I have now? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, let, let's get into that part. Well, so what happened was I, I saw some success with those guys. There was a big refi boom. I really figured out the sales and marketing stuff. You know, I was doing a ton of national refinance deals, um, put a couple of sales guys under me. The whole company was using like my sales and systems. I uh, implemented like Salesforce and CRMs for a while. I was just using like Excel sheets and I just constantly was trying to get better and better and use technology, you know, to let myself work um, smarter rather than harder. So I was having a ton of success flying around the country doing these refinances. I probably looked like I was, I'm 33 now. I look like I'm like 24, I'd say. So I get a lot, 23, 24, 25. I think you look like you're like 15 still, but whatever, keep going. I probably looked like I was like 16 going into these offices and companies like 25, 50, 100, you know, mortgage lenders, been doing it forever, giving presentations. Um, I think they thought I was like the intern. So I, I saw some success there. Refi boom happened for a couple of years there. It was great. It started kind of going down. And that's when I had, I sort of just started doing some research. I wanted a little more for myself. The setup I had great. The company I was with was fantastic. I learned a ton there. Um, really contributed like a lot of my success now to things I learned from those guys. Um, but I wanted to do my own thing. So I came across um, my business partner now. He was like 45 at the time. I met him in Ocean City at the real estate convention. He 
I reached out to him. We had a meeting and he was, he had a small company, you know, he owned it for a while. It, it's actually is the company right now, still masters title and escrow. He was like, Hey man, come on, come join me. We'll go 50, 50, be business partners. Um, let's see what we can do. He had a small office in Bethesda with like two processors. It was like six years ago. So when I made that move, I was scared shitless Todd. So I was living in Canton with my buddies, still living in Canton. Um, I had enough money to, to last maybe three or four months, you know? And I didn't like come for money or anything like that. Family's great, very supportive. So if all went to shit, I could have moved back in with my parents if I had to, but that's you know not what I wanted to do. Thank the Lord, it's not what I had to do. Um, and I just made it work. I had a non-compete with the other company. Also, just you know the type of guy I am. I, I like to think of myself as very respectful, loyal, things like that. A man of my word. So, you know, I had to build a whole new book of business. I right when I switched to master title escrow, I switched from refinance business to purchase business. Um, and I'm super grateful that I made that decision because short term, you know, you're not making the bucks right away, but long term to where we are now, it's a, it's a much more sustainable business model. So I started working with realtors. Um, and, you know, now we're sitting, we, we got a bigger office in Bethesda, open one in Georgetown. We got licenses in some other states. I got us up in Florida and we have a office in Towson. We're trying to expand to the city shortly here, which is some stuff we have in the works. And um, through the journey, I've kind of, trained and hired and tried to, you know, instead of doing all the business development and sales and, you know, forward progression myself, I got, you know, five, six sales reps under me now. Um, they're all fantastic. And we have an absolutely phenomenal support staff too. Everyone at Masters is great. I mean, it's like a real family-like type of feel. Everyone's very respectful, helpful of one another. It's really the type of work. I mean, we work hard, you know, it's very demanding when we're busy, but it's, it's absolutely the work culture that everybody wants to wake up and go into. So it's, that's it. That's where we're sitting now. And, uh, Things are, things are booming, you know, thank you to all our clients and, uh, you know, all, all the people I have on my team. Yeah. So you, you, so you went through kind of like this, this change and it was similar to kind of what I dealt with, but you know, and I always like to talk about people's kind of journey to where they are now first. I always like to talk about that in the beginning because what ends up happening is there's little pieces in there that changed your life to be able to get you to where you are right now. So, you know, I'm obviously whenever I do interviews, I look at certain things, right? Okay. So, in, in, when, in, in, you know, if it gets too personal, you have to let me know that, but um, you're, you're one of the things that are very similar between you and I is we both don't drink. Um, talk to me about removing that from that, that piece from your life. Sure. So, so basically what, you know, to make a very, very long, crazy, interesting, you know, traumatic story short, my uncle and I, you know, we had the jewelry store together. Uh, many years ago, I was 20, I was probably 23 when it happened. I, uh, we got set up. It was what it was. It was the Christmas night. I was with him and my family. I left from being with him and my family. I wasn't drinking, they were having a good time. Drove to my girlfriend at the time's house. Uh, we stayed up all night drinking, having a good time. Um, this is where I, I say actually alcohol saved my life because I, I woke up the next day hungover the day after Christmas and I didn't go to the meeting that him and I were supposed to have. Um, when I woke up hours later, you know, he wasn't answering, I couldn't get him on the phone. So I went to our store, that's where I found him killed. Um, and I, you know, it was, crazy very traumatic the story from there is, is, is just insane you know to see someone you love the most in the world and they're there for you and you work together and it's a family member and all that kind of stuff and I you know I held him 
Um, did what I had to do through that. After that, I had just all kinds of, you know, I, I had all kinds of just personal trauma and anxieties and, and things like that. And just being the type of guy I'm on the outside, like no one could tell. I was just putting on an act and I, I had to be, you know, the micro that everybody, you know, thought I was and that, that I had been before this happened. So I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was definitely, you know, drinking, um, just to, you know, numb myself. Like I wasn't drinking just socially for a while. It was kind of like the social drinking was fun, but then also I needed, you know, to numb myself. I didn't, I didn't even want to think. I didn't want to have to, you know, face all this stuff. I, I developed real bad PTSD from it. Um, and then the person who killed my uncle was still out there, you know, and I won't get into that story too deep right now, but I, you know, I knew who he was and I was scared for my life. Um, so years later now, you fast forward a couple years and I, I, you know, I ended up moving out of my friend's house when it happened. I went and lived with my grandparents in Florida, came home with my parents. Finally, I moved downtown to Canton with my buddies. Um, and I, and I remember just getting in the shower and like, thinking I heard something and just being like scared for my life. Like everything would set me off. I was just very anxious and nervous. It was, it was just like this pressing thing that was always, you know, lingering over my head. And it, it was quite frankly, it was just, it was terrible. Um, but I internalized a lot, you know, I tried to support other people and I, I never took the time to like support or, you know, help myself through it. Um, and I still didn't until, you know, a couple years later, which was actually several years ago, 2016, out of nowhere, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We removed that. He was sick a couple of weeks later. They said, oh, you know, you're lit up like a Christmas tree. You're, you have pancreatic cancer and liver cancer stage four. You're going to die in six months. You know, I'm sitting at that desk with my dad and my mom, you know, across the view from us here is the doctor telling us, you know, you're going to die in six months. You know, it's shocking, crazy. Um, he ended up living for eight months. Um, it's a tough eight months. You know, it was it was a beautiful eight months, actually. I'm very grateful for it, and, and I'll never forget it. Um, he ended up living for the last two months in hospice. I had a friend actually recently reach out to me, you know, how do you deal with this? How do you get through it? You know, I just, looking back on it, I'm glad I did it the way I did. You know, we were there every day. We slept there. I got to say what I wanted to say to my father, which was very different from my uncle. You know, my uncle was just gone. My dad, you knew it was going to go. So I was able to say everything I wanted to say to him, let him know, you know, we're going to be fine. I'll take care of my mother and sisters and all that. Um, and then, you know, slowly it got to the point where he was going to pass away. And then, you know, I was, I was holding him in my arms for his last breath. Um, after he died, I kind of was, I was good. You know, I was there, cool, everything's fine. I, you know, I was supportive. You know, I was never absent. You know, drinking never got in the way of me being there for my family or anything like that at this time, I then kind of turned it up and I, just, I, I got back, to the actually crazy looping back around. The day we buried my dad was the day they convicted the person who killed my uncle. So the day we buried him, they convicted the killer of my uncle. I, I don't, you know, it makes my hair stand up just thinking about it. Um, I knew who it was the whole time. So shortly after that, I kind of got approached um, by, uh, by the FBI and stuff like that. You know, they were going to take this thing forward. Um, right after my dad died, his dad died. So we flew, my grandparents were in Florida at the time. He, his body came to Florida. Everyone came to, I mean, to Baltimore. We buried him. So I gave my dad's eulogy. His a month later. Shortly after that, my 
other grandmother, my mother's mom, got very sick. I was sleeping with her in the hospital, you know, the ICU for several nights. She got moved to hospice, died in the same hospice my dad did several months earlier, um, actually on Christmas Day. And then I flew during this time after my um, grandfather died, I flew to Florida, got my grandmother, brought her back here. She was living in assisted living. And like a month after my, actually two weeks after my one grandmother died, my other one died. And I was, I remember being in the Canton Square drinking, my girlfriend coming out to the bar and had this look on her face and was just like, I was watching football with friends or something and just told me, I just ran out, I lost it. You know, I was like, this is just crazy. Yeah. Married all four of them within like three or four or five months, something like that. Um, And then I was just drinking, man. I was like trying to operate my business, appear the way I needed to to the outside world. which still just essentially what I was doing was just self-medicating myself, you know, what it was back to not just being social. Um, so it got to a point shortly after all that death where I was just like, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to drink. Anymore. I'm not putting myself through this, you know, cause I had anxiety. I was getting constant panic attacks. They were happening more often. And, and oddly enough, the alcohol was amplifying that. Oh, even oh, though you, oh. even though you think you're, you're, you're numbing it with the alcohol, it's actually amplifying it. Without a doubt. Time yeah. to doubt. I mean, the panic attacks were coming on much more often, much more severe because of the alcohol, without a doubt. So I was like, I can't live, I can't do this myself. Um, and in my head, you know, I'm dealing with the grandparents. It all happened in such a short period of time. It was super traumatic with everyone. The grandparents all lived great lives. You know, my grandmother died, I think. She died essentially just of a broken heart. Like, she yeah. buried her one son was murdered, another son just died of, a you know, cancer. Um, and... After she had died, I was, it was just basically, I was kind of just trying to get by and get through and stuff like that. So I made the decision just to stop. I was like, I'm just going to stop. Um, so I did, I just stopped one day altogether and the trial was going to be, you know, coming up for the guy who killed my uncle. So I promised myself, I said, I'll never drink again. Um, until, you know, I would get justice for my family. So that lasted, that was like a 400 day from when I quit to when he was convicted um, in court, that was like a 400 day sobriety period. Um, and it was great. I mean, I got just, I, you know, I, I 10X my business. Actually, it's when I started doing stuff on social media. You know, I was sober, I'm passionate about, you know, doing some music and fun and creative stuff and projects and things like that. So it was like, it actually kind of filled like my, my fun and my social life. I still went out and had a good time and all that. I, I still do. Um, but that really, really, really helped me. Um, so staying, not drinking that whole 400 days, it was hard. You know, once I got it rolling, it wasn't that bad. Um, but the whole time I couldn't wait to drink again. And I knew I was going to, you know, to when I'm able to, you know, it was kind of like, a, this isn't fair. Why am I like this? Why do I have, I have these problems? Um, and nobody else does. So I couldn't wait for it to be over with. And I just had the wrong mindset the whole time I did it. Um, the day that he was convicted. I went up to Atlantic City with my best buddy, where my uncle and I used to like to go to the Borgata. We got there, he said, what do you wanna do? I was like, man, I, I, I want a beer, you know? And Todd, that was the best beer I ever drank in my life. Yeah. Man, beer was damn good. Um, so then I thought I was cool, you know, it was in the past, I'm over this, it's not a big deal. Um, all, the, all the tough stuff's, you know, behind me now. So little did I know from going through the trial and having to relive everything and see the person who did it every day and um, 
you know, get up there and speak and see my family suffer. And a lot of it was put on my back, you know, because I knew everything and I was there and I was just really involved with my uncle like nobody else was. Um, having to do all that and the evidence and the whole story. And there was a lot of things in there that I didn't know that occurred, you know? Right. Um, a lot of things I heard and stuff and saw that I just, you know, it, you know, freaked me out even more. Um, my PTSD, like, lingers but it came back like a like a tornado and like it's weird when you talk to someone who says they have ptsd you're like oh what's that it's like it's just like you think it's like when someone says it you assume they were you know a war veteran and and they saw terrible things and it's just but but no one really understands it you know it's basically just like a tornado in your head that just like sometimes when it's there just that image of him laying there and me holding him just smacks me in the face you know and you can't make it go away you cannot make it go away and the easiest thing to do for immediate relief is for me, you know, was to grab a drink. Um, so I was drinking because I thought I could again. I drank about through through the summer, maybe two, three months, something like that. And the PTSD was back real bad. And I just, I was like, man, this is just enough's enough. I was like, I just, I want to go back. Being sober that whole time, you know, I still had fun. I was, didn't have to give up any of my social life or anything. I still did everything I did when I was drinking and, and enjoyed it just as much, if not more. Um, and actually remembered it. Um, which sometimes you don't always want to do, but, um, and so I basically just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop again. So I gave up the booze now it's been, let's see, uh, since, since August. So it's been almost 11 months, maybe something like almost a year again. Um, which it's been, you know, so positive and, and so it's, it's helped me tremendously in so many different ways, you know, and look, it's not for everybody, but there's people out there, you know, I, I have friends and people I see personally who I know, I mean, it's, if you don't drink correctly and I'm not one to preach or push on or talk to anyone about it, unless they want to talk to me about it. But for, I know for me personally, it was just a weight that held me down. You know, I'm hungover, I'm slower, I'm not doing the extra things. I just, I know that I have, um, certain potential and I was not you know operating on all cylinders and reaching that potential when I was drinking just for that simple benefit you know for business and being myself and accomplishing things and growing as a person and being able to help others and stuff like that um the drinking was just a big weight you know that you're trying to swim to the top and just can't get there and I feel like that weight's just like been released and I can get to the surface just go as high as I can try to get now so um it's been it's been a good journey uh the, the trauma stuff and the drinking and like everything I've kind of learned is like the ultimate, I used to think I wanted a certain amount of money or this or that or whatever. And like finding happiness, like money's great. I love money. I love working hard. I love making money. I love being able to help people I love. Um, but like happiness is not a dollar amount or, you know, your business got bought by someone or you hired 10 people or, or anything like that by any means. And like handling stress and basically just regular life that people get very stressed and I preach this a lot to people like very stressed about like a car accident or like they're late on a bill or, or they have a breakup or things like that like that's just life and people go crazy and they get all bent out of shape like for me dealing with real life like I'm so busy with work and I have 10 things to do and I'm late to something and you know someone didn't do what they're supposed to I didn't do what I was supposed to whatever it may be like I am telling you I'm working like crazy right now you know I'm getting up in the middle of the night with ideas, my mind can't stop, but like, I am not stressed. It, it's any stress is like you stress. It's all just positive stress. It's not, it doesn't make me upset. There's not a negative impact. Like, cause I understand a bad day, you know, a bad day for me is, you know, when my 
father was about to die or died and my uncle was killed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all perspective. It's all in perspective. You know, like if you wake up and you're healthy and your family's healthy, you know, life is good. Yeah. And so that's, so, you know, and that's why I like tapping into those stories because man, you know, a lot of people will consistently say that they've gone through uh, all these different things and you never want to discount what uh, someone goes through or what someone considers a bad day or something that's negative in their life. You don't want to discount it, but I think we also sometimes get so wrapped up in ourselves that we lose sight of what other people are going through. And in comparison, um, it's, we don't really have it that bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, I made that choice to stop drinking. Um, I think it's almost five years now and it was a best what it was. It was the best, one of the best decisions I've ever made my entire life. Um, I, I don't, I don't ever think that I will drink again. Um, because I know that I can live without it. And it also has helped me from a mental standpoint where if something does go wrong or I've got to handle a negative situation that I've got enough self-confidence in myself now where I don't need to go to the bottle that I can actually go. I've got the mental strength to get through this on my own. I don't need to count on anything else to help me get through it. Right. And that is another level of being a, a human being. And I'm not one of those people that says I'm better than you because I don't drink. Not at all. I'm just saying when you remove that from your necessity, right? it takes you to another level. No, I mean, that's what I've said, you know, and I say to a lot of people, like one with my story and my trauma and everything I've been through, I never play tit for tat. Like I never discredit or make people because people all I get this all the time I'm you know I, I hate to say this to you because you've been through so much or like not that it's anything like you've been through but and they want to talk about themselves I'm like it's not tip for tat like you, you can have problems and I have problems and trauma sure. it doesn't matter like an, an obstacle to you might not be one to me and and vice versa but at the end of the day it's like how are you going to get over those obstacles and overcome them um, and I truly enjoy like people reaching out and being able to help support other people through what I've been through, you know, um, the drinking side of it is like, it's, I don't preach on anyone, anyone either. Like you said, I, I'm not like, you know, feeling high and mighty that I'm sober or anything like that, but I do see a lot of people and I was the same way. It's a birthday. It's a wedding. You got to celebrate. It's, you got to drink. Um, you're stressed at work. You had a bad day. You got to drink. You broke up with your girlfriend you gotta you gotta drink it's like the natural reaction to do anything whether it's negative or positive um and i never thought i'd be able to go to weddings and concerts and you know bachelor parties and this kind of stuff i was nervous when i quit drinking for the first time it's like how am i going to be involved in all this awesome me too. stuff me too. yeah i was like this sucks man but now I, that i did it the first time around and now this time has been even easier since i'd already done it once it's like you you know you can live and adapt like you've no idea what your potential is and like that you know you can actually get get through life and have a good time and and like you said before like dealing i'd much rather face an extreme obstacle as strong as i am right now compared to where i was like i am a million times stronger from being what i've been through and then from through the sobriety it's given me you know the ability to try and you know i'm not the greatest person in the world. I have tons of flaws and weaknesses and things like that. And there's so much I want to work on, but at the same time, like each day I'm trying to grow and become the best version of myself. So it's a lot easier for me to handle something negative 
or obstacles or change or things like that, you know, with the confidence and the, you know, the position I'm in now versus back then, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just so anybody that's listening right now, you know, neither one of us um, are saying that you need to quit drinking or stop drinking. We're just telling you and, just, and sharing, you know, our experiences with you that it's, that it's helped, it's helped us grow as human beings um, into what we wanted ourselves to be uh, in the long run. So that's something I just want you guys to take away from it. In no way do we look down on anybody that does that. I will tell you, however, that one of the things that made me more, that made me even more attracted to Mike was that right now, and at least in my life, I try, I'm very, very uh, protective about who I let into my circle and and knowing that uh, he is sober, it, 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 creates a very big security for me because I know if I'm going to go hang out with him that I don't have to work. I, that our conversation is going to stay on the same level through the, through the entirety of the conversation. And that's one of the things that I still struggle with. And I'll admit that is that when I'm around people, I love being around people. I really truly do. Um, but the minute that they, that they start kind of turning uh, into that other person that they become when they drink, whether it's angry or happy or sad or whatever it is, um, it's, it's very difficult to communicate. So now that we've got all the dramatics out of the way, let's talk about some of the badass cool shit that's actually happened to you. So you got your company, things are rocking and rolling, you're on this you know, sober roll, you're 10x in your business, life is, is moving a mile a minute, you know, you got all these great things happening to you. And talk to me about the first video that all of a sudden everyone was like, holy shit, that's Mike Reuter. So it's kind of, I, I was thinking about that before I got on with you because um, what happened was, this is it's kind of crazy. I've always liked to rap, you know? I've always enjoyed it. My dad got me a guitar when I was in like eighth grade and I learned to play it and then realized I can just like make songs up about people at parties as I go. And it turned into like freestyling, mostly like freestyling with friends or like, man freestyling with people out on the streets or whatever going to concerts with people whatever it was um and it was fun it's like it really was just like a glorified party trick to be honest um so i i have my instagram my facebook this and that but i have this like professional side in this business too so i was always like i can't rap and on out there and put myself out there like that and then at the same time um i I was like, you know, I, I can get a crowd to rise and stuff like that. And, and I know I'm all right at it, but like, I don't want people to think I think I'm, you know, the next Jay-Z or Logic or something like that. You know what I mean? Because um, that's not how I look at myself. That's why I kind of joke that I'm a, I'm a wannabe rapper. Yeah, it's more of like a mix between like Eminem and Justin Bieber. Oh, cool. I appreciate that. And I, I like the Eminem side better. But Yeah, I mean, it, the Bieber side would simply be from the style and, and maybe the hair. Well, what, that's funny whenever somebody comments on one of my videos that I sound like Eminem or they're like, he's trying to be Eminem. I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, like you're putting me down because I sound like that or I'm trying to be like somebody like that. Right, right. So, um, I, so I actually, so when I got sober, the first time was funny. I started drinking a ton of LaCroix, the soda water. It was like my party drink. Um, I'm crazy, I know. And uh, so I was like, drinking LaCroix and my buddy one day my buddy Jim thanks Jim he sent me a video on his rooftop drinking the LaCroix so I just like kind of walked up to my rooftop and did a freestyle while I was drinking the LaCroix and I was like yeah whatever I'll throw it up on Instagram so I did all right give me a sample of that real quick please I don't know what I 
said it was like something like uh you know your boy's drinking LaCroix because no more beer he can't enjoy I don't know something whatever it's it's on there so I was freestyling LaCroix and I put it up and I got like a ton of comments and and stuff like that for when for my Instagram you know I had had probably like maybe a thousand or eight hundred friends at the time on Instagram and uh I was like oh that's cool you know whatever so from there I wasn't like I'm gonna start putting out rap videos you know um I'm gonna be a rapper now you know I got 40 comments on this video I'm gonna switch cancel the title so I just got into like some other stuff just for fun like literally just as like a hobby and a passion and like I love like I said the creativity like I'm a total creative brain like I wanted to be an advertising copywriter in college all that kind of stuff um I told you I got 1050 SAT so I'm not that side of the brain I'm definitely like a you know creative same here yep I so I uh was just messing around and having fun and like I was talking to my friend Ashley she uh Ashley I she was on the bachelor ABC the bachelor and a couple of those bachelor in paradise shows things like that we were talking so I I made a rap for her for her Instagram um when she's got I don't know like you know she was on that show so like a million followers or something and she posted and it was kind of cool you know she got a ton of views and there was tons of comments and everyone was saying you know nice stuff things like that crazy stuff too people say the crazy shit by the way it's insane what people can do behind a keyboard um because i never encountered that in real life for the most part (laughs) right yeah i mean well that's the one thing about you not to cut you off but you know it's very difficult for me to come across anybody that has anything bad to say about you you're you you're one of those you're one of those guys that you you really do care about other people and and i believe that and ever since i ever since i've known you You've always been a really nice guy. That I mean, there's no other way to explain it. You know what I mean? And so it's very difficult. It would be very difficult for me to hear somebody say something negative because I'd be like, what? Are you serious? That guy? I mean, me? You can say a lot of negative shit about me, but guys like, you know, guy like you, I, I don't get it, but go ahead. Well, I take that to heart, man. I really, really do appreciate that. So I, so what did her rap on her thing um and then i was just messing around there's like a neighborhood in canton facebook page um my buddy was like dude put a song about the page and i thought of some funny stuff and i I put a little song with the guitar on that page you know and that page is like dangerous man like people are like walking their dogs and lost packages and asking for drink tickets on there and people just go they they're vicious very negative Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy it's very comedic just to watch. I would never even post on it, really. I was just like, I would just like to watch just it. just watched it, yeah. Um, so I made the song, and I thought it was funny, you know, but I'm like, man, these people are vicious. So my buddy Greg was like, dude, you got to put it on. I'll post it. So he posted it on there, and it was like thousands, thousand comments or something, or thousand likes and a bunch, 200 comments. I can't remember. But everything was positive. Like, not one negative comment. People loved it. So I... From there, I was like, all right, maybe, you know, I'm onto something. People enjoy it. It's cool. I'll kind of keep going. I went into a little local ice cream shop and did like a freestyle. Um, and at this time when I'm doing it, I'm like getting like a significant amount of like or views on just like my regular Facebook. You know, these things are going to like 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 views. And I'm like, geez. Um, so then I was like, how can I incorporate this into business? So I saw realtors were like starting very few were starting to do like videos for houses they're trying to sell not many listing videos a couple companies were doing it not too many 
a lot of realtors were going on Facebook, I think Facebook Live just came out, or they were like making videos with their camera in like a selfie mode, like holding it up by their hand. You can see like half their face and like the toilet behind it, um, like something stuck in their teeth. And I was like, man, this if people are trying to sell houses with video. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make something. The goal, right, is to get exposure to the property. But then at the same time as a realtor, it's not just by providing like value to your client by getting exposure to the property and marketing them with a video. You're also building your brand and getting exposure to yourself. So I was like, man, I'm going to make crazy listing video. What do, what do I have to lose? Right. Um, are all my clients going to see it and just fire me because I made a rap listing video. I don't, I have great relationships. These, you know, um, and I saw social media was going in a different direction. I like, I really saw it, you know, before it happened and a little bit after everyone started, a lot of people started diving into it. And now you see the craziest stuff, a ton of awesome stuff too. Um, so I did a rap listing video through my house in Baltimore. I, it wasn't even really for sale. I just did it to see what kind of response and reaction I would get. Also, so when realtors engage with it, I could reach out to them in turn, tell them I'm a title person, try and get their business. I well, also- you mean, so you use social media to create entertaining content, which then led to you generating leads for your business? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason I did it. And on the back end, I knew people would think I'm a realtor. So they would reach out to me to be the realtor. I could take those leads in turn and give them to my referral partners who are so good to me. Um, I was being facetious, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. Thought this thing was gonna get, you know, like the other videos, 20,000 views, something maybe. Um, But it just like took off right away. It took off, it got like 80,000 views in a week or two, um, like 500 shares. And I was like, oh my, I was just like, this is crazy. I remember it. Yeah, and I just had all kinds of messages from everyone, realtors across, the thing got shared to like Sweden or something. So I had realtors like across the country asking me, you know, if I could do stuff for them. I had brokers reaching out to me all day trying to hire me um, to work for them. And I had to say, um, you know, I'm not a realtor. Um, And so from there, Gary Vaynerchuk's company, VaynerMedia, got wind of the video through a contact of mine invited me out and told me about their event. It was called Agent 2021. It was the first year they did it, the Miami Dolphins Stadium. Yep. So the stadium was just packed with real estate agents. Um, real estate agents, I think like insurance agents and maybe something else. It was broken into three groups. So I went out there. Um, I met the Vayner team and all them. Um, I followed along all day and, and checked out everything they had and all their stuff. I mean, everything they were teaching and doing was like pretty much what I just did with the Baltimore video. Right. And Gary Vaynerchuk was just like, shoving it down your throat that like this is the time like you're late already like get on this wave and ride it and this was last january probably um so i was like damn and i at the time i knew i did something pretty cool and i knew there was something else to come from it i just didn't know what exactly so when i was there i was just thinking i'm like i gotta do a couple more of these videos just see what happens um so i actually met a realtor in florida i had opened our business up there i met a realtor in florida when i was at the event he took took him out to lunch. He told me about this listing he had. They couldn't sell it. Um, he wanted me to come check it out, see if I could help him out. So I went there, checked it out. It was this beautiful, like, $3.5 million penthouse uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, this was the one with the pool and everything else like that, right? And, you know, my wife for the day, um, she, uh, Melissa, she's super cool. We still keep in touch. And then I basically, I told him, I said, hey, man, I'll be back in two weeks. We're going to make you an awesome video here. So I went home. 
I talked to my guy who helped me with the video. I said, dude, can you help me out with this project? Absolutely. Um, I wrote- Can give him a shout out, Mike? Yeah, Brandon Lardner. He's the man. He, he's the bomb. He actually works for the Share Sales Group in Baltimore. He does all their content, but 22-year-old kid, super talented, helps with creativity, just knows his stuff. Really, 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 really successful, good kid. Keep your eye on that kid. Check him out. All right, keep going. So he flew down with me, and uh, his wife actually came as well, and she helped us out with, with some of the stuff. Actually, no, she didn't come to this one. She came to the next one. So we flew down. We I wrote the rap on my way home. from When I told the guy, I said, hey, I'm going to write this I'm going to back in two weeks. I wrote the rap on the airplane on the way home. I recorded it in my buddy's studio. Me and Brandon flew back two weeks later. The realer, Ailey, was, he's the man. We, we're good buddies to this day. He said, dude, I before you do anything, like, you are the man. I respect you. Like, you're a man of your word. No one does shit they're going to say they say they're going to do. I was like, we talked about it. We said we're going to do it. So that kind of just reinforced and, rec- you know, helped me recognize the value of, like, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and, and providing value to others, you know, before you ask others of, of something for yourself. So I did that Florida video for him and I did it for free. You know, we're licensed in Florida. Um, I had to pay for the flights, all that kind of flights. Um, and then I had, my, and then I've had to pay for Brand, uh, Brandon. I always throw him some money because he does such a great job and his time and efforts are, you know, extremely valuable to me. Of course. Uh, pay him, eat the cost of it. Um, I get a stronger relationship with Ailey. He introduces me to more agents in his office. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a ton of business from Florida, um, which is a market that I wanted to tap into and kind of do what I've done here in Maryland there, um, just to kind of diversify the company. Did so you that, sell the house, by the way? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. The house, actually, we got a ton of views on it. He, we rearranged the video and stuff like that so he could use it to get more leads and things like that. He actually got some deals out of it. Um, the house didn't, I don't think it sold, but it did get rented. So the, Okay, so what? It, there, it still caused a reaction, so yeah. The guy who owned it, you know, it's an expensive house. It's got a big mortgage on it. The guy who owned it did get it rented, I believe for a profit, but I'm not positive. Um, I still buy now, but go ahead. Yeah, awesome. And at that time, dude, I did not know, like, algorithms and metrics and, like, what to be doing and where to be posting the video from and all that kind of stuff. Like, I had not gotten to that side of the game yet. So... I posted it on my business page that I had made and the thing just was not taken off. I'm like, this Baltimore video like a month ago just took off. Like this one's not, I felt like this one's better, this, that, whatever, which I now know never judge yourself on what you think's great and what's not because the stuff you least suspect to take off usually does. Um, but Facebook had changed the algorithm at the time, right? So they were like not putting your content in front of as, mu- as many people. Um, it was only, I think it was only like a portion of your audience was seeing it, then it shared in a portion of their audience, whatever. So I didn't know. And I took the video from my business page, reposted on like my personal hoping that that would help. I don't think that did too much. So that one went several, I don't know, 20, 30,000 views or something like that from the last one that had 80,000. Um, I learned not to care about this anymore. At the time I was kind of like bummed out, you know? Um, and so that, you know, that really helped me get things going in Florida. It really helped boost the company and get relationships, tapped me into this network of people that I didn't know. You know, I couldn't even put a number on how much money I made from that free video, you know, I made for someone as a favor. Um, after that, I still, my inbox getting flooded with people, realtors everywhere. A lot of my clients in Baltimore, um, realtors in Baltimore were trying to get me to help them out with stuff. And 
asking if I could do this and that. I was just nervous. I didn't understand it at the time. And I didn't want to like go make a video for Team X and not make it for Team Y and upset people. So at the time I was like, I'm not doing anything in Baltimore. Um, I did choose this, this uh, property in Atlanta after that. It was like this private estate mansion, like four or five million dollars. You know, it was made for like a NFL or NBA star or something like that. It had indoor basketball court, outdoor baseball, tennis, racquetball, sauna. It had like a $600,000 home movie theater, um, bars, indoor pool. I mean, the place was insane. So I was like, damn, I want to do a video here. She, the the uh, agent was messaging me. They couldn't sell the place. It was on the market for like two years. And I was like, oh, I'll make you something awesome. I'll get eyes on it for you. Um, never even went and saw the property. I looked at pictures and a YouTube video they had of it, wrote the rap, recorded in the studio. And then again, me and Brandon and his wife this time flew down to Atlanta in and out in one day um, for that video. And we posted it up. She ended up getting, she, I think she did tell me that a NBA player came and looked at the house from the video, one of the Atlanta Hawks, which is funny because I like mentioned Dennis Schroeder in the video um, and Atlanta Hawk at the time. That one also, I, th- I don't know if that's sold or not yet. I think she might've said that rented too, but I, I'd have to touch base with her. So I don't do business in Atlanta. We're not licensed there and I wasn't going to go get licensed and it's hard to go in somewhere, meet people, build, you know, it's just not worth the time and effort when you're successful already somewhere else. Yeah, of course. So I had to charge him for the video. So I just, I charged him five grand. You know, I, was, it, I wrote the rap in 20 minutes. I recorded the audio in my buddy's studio and then I gave Brandon a cut of it and I had um, flight expenses and I flew in and out in one day for five grand, you know? Um, and then I was like, holy shit, you know, I can make some money doing videos, but at the same time, you know, the title company is like my baby. I put all my blood, sweat and tears into it. We do well. Um, so I wasn't just going to dive into making videos and trying to do as many as I can and things like that. I kind of just was taking it as it came, whatever. Um, I, what happened, I think we got super slammed, real busy growth mode. Um, I started tapping into like the Instagram and like trying to figure out the metrics and like how things work and stuff like that. I have not put nearly enough time and effort into it. And for anyone listening who's like a realtor, especially anyone's trying to build their social accounts, if you want to like make content, but you don't want to put the time in on the back end, then don't even bother because it's, it's hard. Todd, you know, it's work. I mean, I mean or you can just hire me to do it. Or, or make it even easier and better. Hire Todd. Take that. Yeah, thank out. you. But yeah, no, I will tell you, I, I will 100% agree with you. Um, it is, a, you and I were talking about this last night. It's, it's like a second job, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, the minute that the way I always say this is this, like, man, dude, like my shit's hope forever. I'm still not where I want to be from a standpoint of on some platforms, um, the engagement rates that I see, I, I can tell you within the last year, I've been putting more and more and more effort in daily and creating processes that I can pass on other people and be like, this is what works for me. This is what works for me. This is what you should try. If you haven't tried this, try this, but really pushing the patience thing where it's like and i think everybody just kind of already knows that but they don't want to they don't want to accept the fact that it is a bit of a patience game and it's a lot of a b testing of what works and what your audience wants to see but dude it's it's a second job man and then if you're not willing to put the effort in to do it yourself then you need to find someone that does this as a job 
that can either a help guide you to do it yourself or can just do it for you no absolutely and i from a real estate standpoint like i want everything that's kind of how i've built the company too i want everything off my plate that i think somebody can do better and that i can outsource yeah even, smart even just the simple real estate tasks and transactions you know what i mean everything mm -hmm. off my plate that i can pay somebody to do um where it's more valuable to do so. So like making videos, making the video, editing, like I used to always think like I could do this cool video, but I was so frustrated, like, but how would I do it? How would I put it together? Um, and then Andrew, my buddy at Sure Sales Group, Andrew Onham, he let me work with his video guy that the first time we ever did. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. I can literally just come up with the idea and the creative part, like I like to do, and he can put together this product for me. Um, which was like the coolest thing I, I, I've ever discovered. So I com completely, whenever I had anything, started having Brandon help me and his you know, skills and ability to edit and stuff like that. I mean, I've recently got into just for some fun personal projects, doing some editing on like just iMovie and stuff like that. And it's like, iMovie is super simple and like user-friendly, but if you want to do stuff right, like super professional, like those Adobe cuts and all those kinds of software. Yeah, Premiere like Pro and all that type of stuff. It's funny you bring that up. Um, because this year I wanted to tell, like, I, I, I've always been obsessed with the creative standpoint of, of video. And so this year, um, you know, we have our internal videographer that we have, um, Adam Green, and he has a, 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 a separate company called AG Creative, um, as well. But we worked really, really close with Adam and I, I went out and I pulled the trigger. I bought a nice camera and I, and I, dude, I went nuts. I got, I have every gadget that you can oh, think yeah. of. I mean, it's insane, dude. So it's like my new hobby. And I basically sat down with him and I said, listen, man, I'm 40 years old, but I believe if I can learn from A to Z how to shoot, edit, direct, and produce, that if I learn this, that I'm bringing even more value to myself and to you. And that's what I've been doing. And I've been practicing and practicing and my shit's getting better and better and better. And I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of people out there that are just unwilling to learn or too egotistical to learn something new and it's only hurting them because yeah. I've learned so much in the last six months. I can't even explain it to you. Yeah. And you're learning things even on a different level that, that I am and everyone's trying to do it to accomplish different things, but just the willingness opens up doors for you that you never knew. Like I was out wakeboarding with some friends the other day and I like shot with a gimbal real close to the water, the wakeboard. And like, that was badass by the way. I movie like on the boat like put a soundtrack behind it send it to them they're like this is crazy it's insane it was I know people think it's nuts but it, it's literally once you teach yourself like just the simple you know what protocols and stuff it's like super easy um but the next level stuff you know when you want to do something super professional with a lot of editing and there's a lot of like filming a big house or like the shoot we can get into it we're gonna do Wednesday stuff like that like those kind of projects um, you know, I'm never going to get into doing myself. No, never. You can, I mean, that, and that's why, that's why those guys are, are what they are. I mean, those guys opera, I've always, always said from a creative, I consider myself a creative, but I can tell you those types of guys, they can see, and gals, by the way, they can see things that we can't see. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a very, very interesting thing to see how their minds work. Oh, um, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Just to touch on brand again, like, I would tell him how I would like my creative idea for how I want something to look or go like a certain scene or something because we're trying to always entertaining and funny things and when he sent me like the rough draft or I go to the studio and look at it with him I'd always be amazed like he'd always blow my mind at how much better 
it looks and what I had, how I had envisioned I wanted it, you know? Yeah, it's it, they, 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 they've already seen it like in their head while they're shooting. And that's one thing Adam Adam's tried to teach me is he's like, while you're shooting, already see what you're putting together while you're shooting these different parts. Yeah, but I mean, it's fun, you know, it's it's fun to get into something else and like expand what you're knowledgeable about and stuff like that. You know, I can, I'll go to like, I did a client event for a, a wonderful real estate team, Perlo Home team the other day at Tarks and I just brought a gimbal and I shot like different 15 second clips of the party. I edit them into like, an iMovie threw together like a three minute video over three minutes now because of Facebook, you know, over three minutes on purpose for him and his team. And I put it together, put some music behind it, sent it over and they love it. You know, they're like, wow, this is our title guy. And I asked him, I said, did you have anyone doing video? He said, no. I said, I'll come, I'll, I'll make you a video. Um, he said, great, because you know, we just have photography. And I threw that up for him, sent it to the team, you know, and they were like astounded by it. Like it, it, it you can literally make it look, it's literally something that I would have paid like a thousand, two thousand dollars to have for my company back in the day if I didn't know what it took. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's you know, we were talking I was talking to Colin about that yesterday, same same situation. And I mean, really what ends up happening is that you can if you really want to get experience, and this is what I've been doing lately, <laughs> is I'm just going to my clients and I'm going, Can I come and shoot a video shoot a shoot at your establishment I, and I just want to practice and then I'll give you a free video and if it sucks don't use it but if you know whatever and they love it and I get a lot of enjoy it's become a very fun hobby for me to be quite honest with you because what I'm seeing is the evolution of if I look back a little bit I'm like man this was really shaky why am I doing that oh this tool really helps me do this better like you were just talking about a gimbal is a good example of that and um it's just it's just a very very interesting fun process the editing is is definitely not the fun part and I love that Adam is very good at editing and we have a beautiful intern that is very very good and i'm not sharing her name because she's all mine and no one's ever going to get her because she's so good um and she does a lot of my quotes too um so she's just a very very good creative person and i I love it um so let's let's get back into the uh ice cream thing so the so the next kind of thing that like pumped up was the good humor thing is that right yeah so you're good too, man, because I got a little list I, I wrote real quick of the videos in order. That, that was next. You're good. So I started with LaCroix, did ABC Bachelor, a little neighbor's wrap, freestyled some ice cream shops. I did, went and dove into the real estate stuff there for a little bit and, and saw the success. Um, the title company partnering that up. Um, I actually also with that real quick before we get any further, from there, I started going to brokerages and teaching social media, branding and marketing. Um, you know, I was getting hired. By, by brokerages to come out and speak. Um, so I'm getting hired and paid to fly to Florida to speak at a brokerage. And in turn, I'm also creating relationships to funnel business through my title company. Um, and then I did the same thing here in Baltimore. Whenever I could talk social with people or teams or people started having events, they'd always ask and see if I can come out. Um, just It just really, really 10x everything. It was crazy because at first I did not see how it was going to unfold, you know? to pair it up with title, you know, it, when at first glance, title, rap, social media, video, like how do you tie that together? But it really, it really beautifully does. And it can for anything you do or any industry, especially if you're in real estate, you, if you're not touching on this stuff and going all in, then you're missing, you're leaving money on the table for sure. Well, you're um, going to go extinct too. I mean, you're going to get rubbed out. Right. Um, I mean, I always said too, I, when I would teach my courses, I put a little, I had a little 45 minute presentation I put together and one of the things I would say is like, you're sending out like the Orioles and the Ravens magnets and, and your quarterly Christmas cards and holiday cards. Like, that's fine. Like, don't stop doing what you're doing, what you're doing. But people are seeing your face three times 
if you're lucky when they open their fridge. But like, what are people doing when they're sitting in traffic, when they're driving, when they're sitting in a meeting, when they're bored at work, when they're taking a shit, what are they doing? They're staring at that phone and you have the power from that phone to make your face be the one that they're looking at several times a day. Um, the power of that is just, it's unbelievable for a realtor because all your job is, I'm not putting down real estate or realtors. It's not all your job is, but all your job, the main thing that will drive your job and the main thing you have to do is everyone has to know you are a realtor because you can be the best realtor in the world, but if you don't have the exposure and the branding and the marketing to let people know that's what you do for a living, and the worst feeling in the world is when you see a best friend of yours from college or someone you grew up with or something like that post that they settled on a house with somebody else, that you have that relationship, you knew you would get that deal from them, but they don't even know you're a realtor. You know, If you're doing social right, you're getting that deal all day. Um, so, then I got into, so I did the good humor video. Good humor actually reached out to me on Instagram. So somebody posted something about like, Mike, you seem you're going to be doing, you know, the, the, um, advertisements for hair care and skin and all this, like this vitamins, like all the stuff, the bachelor people really get paid to promote. And I said, nah, I tagged and said, nah, I'll only do a video for ice cream or something. And good humor sent me a DM and was like, would you like to, can we partner up? Would you do, would you work with us? And I was like, absolutely. You know, it's a national brand. You know, I was eating ice cream yeah. when I was a little kid. I still am eating a lot of them, way too many. Yeah, you love ice cream. I mean, I was a good investment for them either way because I put a lot of money into them. <laughs> uh, they were putting a little into my stock. Um, so I made up, made that video for them. And I just made it a simple one minute clip. I mean, writing the raps, I try to always do, I always try to be very creative. I try and be entertaining. Um, for Facebook and Instagram, like I would love to do what I want to do. I try to make it very tasteful, you know, without insulting anyone or, or so kids can see it, things like that. Um, but I always think I could do better at the end of the day, but I kind of get it done. If I'm happy enough with it, I'm good to go. Like I want to make sure the client's going to be happy with it. Um, most of the time nowadays, they don't, no one even asks me to do anything. They don't even care. They're just like, just do right along the line of what you've been doing, um, which is what Good Humor did. And the same thing, which is what Lolbed did, who I did a video for after. So the Good Humor one, I was pumped about. Brandon and I went all out on like locations and the ice. They sent us a bunch of ice cream and how we were going to do the video. And then that one kind of, I mean, in my eyes, kind of shit the bed. It's like 10,000 views on Instagram or something. And maybe the same 10 or 20. I don't even know how many on my Facebook. Good Humor had 9 million Facebook fans. So I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, this is the one. This is going to go viral. I was sure that it was going to go viral. And uh, Good Humor's 9 million Facebook fans, either they don't engage with the page or whatever it is, um, their post got less views than mine. Um, so <laughs> I was, you know, a little bummed, but they were happy with the product. I was happy with the final video. It was a cool piece of content. And it was cool to do something, you know, with a national brand like that. Because um, it shows you that, the sky's the limit. You know, Budweiser could reach out, BMW, anybody. You never know. Um, so then Lolbed, Lolbed, so Lolbed, I reached out to. This is the back end if people are listening as well, what stuff you can do for yourself to build your Instagram, to build your page, to build your brand, to get yourself more exposure while also providing value to somebody else. Whether it be your realtor and a new restaurant opens up, why don't you be the person who goes and interviews the owner of the restaurant? as a local expert and someone in the community, not real estate related, you're interviewing them. Same time, you're posting a video, you're making it for them, you're getting exposure to them and their business, but you're also getting exposure to yourself and your brand too. Um, 
which is why that was good when I partnered. I didn't partner up. I just went and be more licks at the ice cream shop. They have like 10,000 Instagram fans. They're pretty big on in the community. People love that place. The line's literally wrapped from like Patterson Park down to the water every night. Um, and I'm usually in it. Um, but then they they love the content. I did it for them for free. It's simple, easy to go in there, just do a wrap. And then they post on their stories and their pages too, um, which LaCroix did for me too, which I didn't, I, when that happened, I was pretty excited. Um, but Lowell Bed, for them, my sister just moved into her new house with her husband and her baby. They needed a new mattress. So I was like, I'll get you a mattress. Um, and at the same time, I noticed Lowell Bed did a lot of advertising. Like they did a lot of advertising with like the bachelor people and Instagram influencers, people with a lot of followers and stuff like that. I'm a message. I was like, Hey, check out, you know, the type of content I create. Would you want to partner up and like, you know, make, make a piece of content for your company and your brand? They were like right on it. Absolutely. Let's do it. They were awesome to work with. Super cool. Very organized. Cause they're doing a lot of that. I mean, they're just, that's how they're, they're putting all their money is into paying Instagram influencers, um, boosting and posting ads. Like they're all over Instagram. Um, so I, I, I don't know cause I didn't talk to them about this, but I truly believe like their whole companies run through Instagram. I really think that's like where they have to be seeing like 80, 90 other profits from. Um, so I did the video for them. That was cool. I posted on my page. It was good. They, they kind of have it structured. They want you to do like one post with the content, the wrap, then another regular post and then a couple story posts, things like that. Sometimes they have like some structure and stuff they want you to do. Um, so I did that. Then they just recently, that was, I don't know, a month ago, two, two or three months ago. I don't know. They, they uh, just started using the content now, like on their story. And, and I think they're going to start doing it in the ads and stuff like that. So whenever they now use the content, they tag me. And then I see a little bit of uh, more activity on my page and stuff. And they sent me a $3,000 mattress I gave to my sister and brother-in-law too. That's amazing. So you created content and you were able to get something out of it and, and actually help somebody else in, in the, you know, the whole scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, all these companies and brands, like I'm telling you, Todd, I could make a living right now off of reaching out to companies and brands and making content for them for their, cause all it is, is like, you can't come off on Instagram or Facebook or social media as a true commercial. Cause no one's going to watch it. Like people avoid commercials for a reason. Those days are over. And so you have to, get exposure to a brand or product or service in an entertaining and creative way. Um, and they, everybody wants to pay for it. Like the big lack of what's missing in the industry and content and in general is like creativity and entertainment, like doing things in a systematic, but creative but ways to get people's eyes to be caught. You know what I mean? Like this is an ad for Lullabed, or this is an ad for ice cream, or this is an ad for soda water, whatever it is. But like, I, it's entertaining. So I want to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it just gets more eyes. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I always, I tell every single person this that I meet, you know, and I probably need to drink some of my own Kool-Aid when it comes to this is that you have got to start creating content in the same design or, or context of what you consume. So what you consume is cats scratching at a window or, uh, uh, you know, I mean, just anything entertaining from that standpoint, just something goofy and hilarious and dumb as shit. And that's where I, you know, we were just talking about, like you did this amazing 
video with the drones and everything with this house, but then it was like, eh, it was all right. But you did this like low budget, like funny, hilarious rap with your Canton house or with like good humor. And all of a sudden it's like bananas. Right. right? And so it's sometimes, you know, we overthink the, what we need to actually what the message is and what we actually watch on social media ourselves, which leads me into the best, best man speech uh, ever. Well, I'll have to clarify so I don't upset my boy, Matt. Uh, Pat, who got married, one of my best buddies. We lived together in Canton for six years. We have a lot of history, a lot of stories. Awesome guy. His wife's beautiful. She's an amazing person too. And they like, Pat and Alyssa are like two of my biggest fans. They're always one, and their family's just awesome. They're just always laughing and partying, and they're just the greatest people in the world. Dad's a party guy. They're all, there's, his dad's super successful, but he's so much fun, and they're just, they like to laugh and have a good time. Like my type of people, man. So we became close. We're like family. And they were like, you gotta like do a rap at our wedding or, or, or give a speech or something. Cause at his 30th birthday party, I gave a speech, which, got onto Facebook somehow uh, and it's super vulgar I mean I, it was like a roast and a half and the whole party is like a hundred people upstairs at the point and fells everybody was just on the ground just dying and just dying laughing and no one loved it more than Pat you know who I roasted he wanted me to do it so we went to a bachelor party um which I can't release any of the content from unfortunately and uh I we were talking about it and then so on the way home on the flight home i had a different flight home than them so i just wrote a, a speech basically but it was like a rap speech and i todd this is the part that's crazy this is the easiest i mean i i wrote that whole thing in like 20 minutes probably and i usually write the raps in like 5 10 20 minutes and then i'll just kind of critique them and change them up how i want um so i wrote it i probably practiced it like the day of the wedding for like maybe an hour to try and remember the lines because it's, it's real hard in your head to and i was just going to ask you a quick question about that side note this for a second how the fuck do you remember all those words is there a trick to do that it's hard like it's so like anything i do when i rap i just like compartmentalize it in my head like i can kind of I'm, I'm not i don't have a photographic memory but like with the words i can kind of compartmentalize them in my head and like i know the structure of how it it goes from start to finish. So that one, I really should have probably practiced, like to memorize, like most of the stuff I've done, I couldn't even like sing it or rewrap it for you. I like wrote it, went and performed it. That's it once. So like that, I probably would have had to give that speech over and over and like to really memorize it. So I did it for like an hour. Um, and I, I put little like note cards. They were actually, people didn't see it in the video, which actually worked out really well, but like, on the podium there, I had like a page written with like the first word and the last, the rhyming words of each line. And that's pretty much, and then I just fill in the, the, the rest of it. A lot of it was actually just like freestyle. Like it was just the, the point of it. And then like the words filled in in the middle, I just kind of change up and add as I go. And like a lot of the stuff I set up there, like I didn't even think of until I got up there. Um, like at the end, I said something like, uh, um, I said something, congrats to Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Something like Sarah. I wish I, Aiden, I'm sorry, but I wish I was Sarah's Mr. Like stuff like I was just thrown in as it went. Um, now, so I, they, they wanted me to do the speech. They're talking about it. I'm like, man, I'm not going to do it like during the best man, his cousin and be disrespectful and all this and that. Same time, man, you know, 
they're all getting hammered. They're having a good time. I'm not drinking. I'm having a great time too. But Pat finally says like, you got to do something, please. Like, and everyone's coming up to me because they've been telling people I'm going to do something. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll do it. Just whatever you want me to do. So the band plays the first set. I get on after their first set and I get the microphone. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I have a buddy hold a phone on the side of the stage, which is what you can see in the side view there with an iPhone. And that's all I thought I had. I didn't know the whole time until I was done that the professional videographer was still there. So he came up and put like a mic on the mic. I didn't even know what he was doing. So I have the professional audio the whole time. And then I had that side view camera with my iPhone and then his video. So after the wedding, I asked him to shoot me the video. He was like, he's the man. This guy's great. He's like, I'll post to my page. You can share it. I'll get it. I'll do it in like a week. I was like, nah, man, I'll shoot you some money. I need that footage like now. So I got home from the wedding Sunday night. I spent five hours. I've never edited in my life to this point up, up until this wedding wrap. I spent five hours to like four in the morning and I took the wedding footage and the iPhone footage and I used iMovie. And like right now, this would probably take me like a half hour, but it took me five hours. First time I ever did it. And I put it together the way I put it together. Um, and then I used the audio from the microphone the whole time. And then I kept the audio only from the iPhone when the crowd reacted. Um, so I finished it. I watched it. I was like, man, this is good. I thought it was really good. I was super happy with it. But then again, like I'm looking at my own stuff. So I'm like, I, I can't tell. Like, I don't know. I don't know if people are like, this is so stupid, whatever. I don't know if it looks bad. Like, I don't know if someone who can actually edit is going to be like, man, that's really chopped up and terrible. The transitions is that I, I have no clue. But I thought it was good. Um, the same time I'm at a point now where I don't give a shit what people think. So that's, that's ideally you're winning. You can get to a point where you don't give a shit what people think when you put your content up. Um, but I also on the back and then like researched, I put some work in it. I like researched Facebook, like how long should the video be to get views? Um, putting like the little captions at the top. So people know what the video is about before they listen to it. Yep. Um, I also then read that um, 80 or 90% or something like that of videos are watched without sound, you know? Right. So I add the closed captions in at first. Um, the time of posting, stuff like that. So I just kind of like checked all the boxes that I thought I could and I, and I just posted it. And it got, it started off really good. It got like 25,000 views the first day and it was getting traction. But I also knew how the Facebook algorithms were and stuff. And I'm like, man, this thing should be going bigger. It's not getting seen by enough people. So I did some more research and stuff like that. And I hadn't really paid for stuff in the past, really, for the most part. Um, but I had to get it in front of the right audience. So I put together an audience. I just boosted it. I didn't even do it like legit ad or anything like that. I just boosted it. And I did an audience with like interest in like weddings and bridal parties and bridal showers and recently engaged and groomsmen and best man and speeches and stuff like that and i put a little money behind it as soon as i did that it just took off like crazy um and i think it's at like 2.2 some million views and like fifteen thousand shares and no not on ellen no no and i and i and i'm not gonna get on ellen what I, the fuck no i messaged ellen years ago <laughs> uh, yeah but at the end of the day you know i I like Ellen and all, but you know, I'm, I'm over her. I'm, I'm going to find someone else to go on to. Um, look, if she calls Todd, I'll go. You can come yeah, back. of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just feel like at that point you kind of have to, but dude, millions of views and you're sitting there like, I mean, and what's funny is a lot of people that are listening right now are going, this guy's like eh, 25,000 views. Like I would say the majority of our, I don't even, I don't think I've even put a video out that's gotten 25,000 views. 
like 25,000, you know, you're in the millions in some of these. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, it's all relatable to yourself. So it's right. not, you never, never look at anything and whether this is for this, what we're speaking about now or just in life. Like I, once I, once I hit 30, I really started to mature, which for better or worse, I really did. And like, I started not caring anymore about my competition or this or that. Like, I just want to do things to the best of my ability. Like I'm, as long as I'm reaching the potential that I feel I can, then I'm happy. And it's the same with this stuff. Like when I started getting the views and I was focused on that kind of stuff, like, you know, if I get 25,000 views on something I make for someone, I'd rather it be more, but I'm not going to be upset, you know? And at the same time, like I understand that, only certain things are going to go viral and you have no idea what they are until you throw them out there. You have no clue. Yeah. And then like, depending on what kind of content you're posting, like what, what are people used to seeing from you when you post something? Are they like, I have to watch this. Like it, it, he's, he's interesting. He's entertaining. Like, what is this now? You know? So I try, I try to, I did try to create a sense of like when I post a project that I'm going to make or something like that, where people would be like, Oh, what's going to happen now? And then I even tried to, diversified a little bit um with doing like a, the funny a funny video with like my niece that i was just i just made i didn't plan on making i just did it because i was in target with her um stuff like that i tried to throw some new, some new things in there too so it's not always just rap i tried to diversify myself just a little bit um but the you just gotta be happy with what you're like if you're hitting ten thousand views and you're happy with that um then that's great but if you think you should be at 20 then you gotta tweak and do things to get there um, yeah, that's really what it is, right? I mean, you just gotta, you, you have to keep throwing shit against the wall. And even some of the stuff that sticks, it might be good, but then it's almost like you feel like, all right, well, then that's the formula. I gotta, I gotta do it like that uh, again. And you try to do it again and it doesn't work. And it's, it's sometimes it's just, you know, it is what it is, man. The community is gonna decide whether or not they like it or not, bottom line. As long as you're having fun, though. You just have to have fun and be yourself. And then at the end of the day, like, throw up what you're trying whatever you're trying to accomplish with what you do like don't just i i wouldn't recommend to people just doing something that's not themselves to try to get to those exposure levels you want to stay within like your lane and be yourself always but uh like i don't expect to make a video right now and surpass the views on that wedding rap tomorrow you know i hope i can get some stuff going there again one day but i don't know when it'll be i don't expect the next one to get two million views because that one did by any means. i got a real sinking feeling though that there's like a video that's probably gonna be happening. Yeah, there's something that that, that, that that there's potential. There's major potential of something that could definitely be happening very soon. Yes, um, which I'm really excited about. But let's talk about the, the as we start to kind of get into the wrapping up part here. Let's talk about the what's kind of now led up to this uh, this TV situation now. So you you were shortly you're, within I guess a week or so you're going to be doing. Uh, a TV show as well. Yeah, so I guess well because of the social media and you know putting myself out there and the, the entertainment, I really I think it's the uh, the entertainment quality, being well rounded. You know, having the entertainment, but also, but I, for me, it's very important for people to know that I like to be goofy, I like to be crazy. Like I, you very rarely catch me in a bad mood or mad or stressed at someone or anything like that. Like probably the only people would ever catch me like that is like a family member or something. Um, and so it's important for me to let people know that I'm very serious about my business, super professional. And then on the side, you know, I really enjoy having a good time. Uh, and that's a good thing about real estate too, is like you can have a good time and be yourself um, while remaining professional and making money. Yeah. You know, CEO of uh, Under Armour or Nike or something like that. 
Um, I don't know if you can get away with some of this type of stuff, but you're not wearing a suit and tie to work every day. You can be who you are. I got guys selling hundred houses a year who wear cargo shorts and a t-shirt flip-flops, you know, and other guys who are wearing a suit every day. Yeah. I mean, bro, I mean, two, two totally separate guys, you know, Zach, uh, Bryant, um, who's, who we're both friends with, he guys dress the nines constantly. You know what I mean? Um, does very, very well. Then you've got Colin who we're both friends with who wears a t-shirt and a hat every day and both want to attract a different type of client and both want to hold themselves differently. And I think what, one of the great things about the, the world that we are now living in, which, uh, which when we were growing up, we didn't live in that, this same world is that, it's very accepted nowadays to be yourself in uh, in any environment, and I'm and I'm really really happy that we get to live in a world like that right now. No, absolutely. And Zach and um, Colin are two great examples. Zach's partner Christian um, is a dear friend of mine. He's just such a good person, family man. Him and Zach both dress. Man, they are just looking good every single day. No question. And they're probably doing a hundred deals a year each. Or, or more maybe at this point. I don't even know. Yeah, I, know yeah, I mean, Colin's already done 100 deals. Yeah, and Colin, when I first found Colin was I saw a video, probably one of the earlier ones he did, and I was like, man, I love this guy. And I just came across it somehow. I can't, I don't remember how. And it was like him saying like, here are 10 reasons why you shouldn't hire me to be a realtor. And yep. I was, I'm like genius. Like that's the level I like to think I'm like, this guy's genius. Like everyone's out there telling people they're the best, what they do, what they can do for you, what they've done for other people. But like, no one's out there being real and honest and just saying like, if this is like what you're going to request and require, like then I'm not going to be your guy, like stuff like that. But he made it funny, entertaining, creative. He was also real. I was like, this guy's on it. This guy's good, man. So from that day on, I started following him and we've become friends and I'm glad we have because he's- It's funny you bring that up because I'm actually doing one of those videos. I'm actually, I, I'm actually like storyboarded. It's already done. It's a why you shouldn't hire us video. And, it, and I got that. And Colin, you know, obviously was nice enough to go, hey, yeah, man, you should do one. Um, so the TV deal, talk to me. So the TV is, um, it's a show on Roku, Apple TV and Amazon. Um, I think from, I, I watched some of the episodes and like looked it up on Instagram a little bit. I think it's been around for like six years and it was really big on like the West coast. So what they do is like pair up with top agents, I guess in different cities and areas. And then they have them, they feature them in their area where they're an expert to like, um, basically show the neighborhood, maybe show listings, some real estate. They'll go into like bars, restaurants, hotspots, things like that. So I got approached, obviously I'm not an agent, so I think they pull from like the top 500 agents from Colleen's like real producers. And then they interview everybody and choose who's gonna do it. Actually, I know my buddy Andrew Onham did an episode for him recently as well. Um, so they were, they were coming to Baltimore, or they're in Baltimore now. Um, they signed the realtors up, I guess, for an X amount of episodes. And then I, I was approached. Um, the, the realtor on episode is, is Jennifer De La Cruz. She's fantastic. I know her. Um, she's a Keller Williams legacy agent. She's out there. I got some, some really good buddies and teams out in that office. That office is just killer, by the way. They crush it. But so um, she came to me and we're, we're talking like that. And she basically, you know, wanted the entertainment value and aspect. So I said, well, what are you thinking to do? What area? We talked about Canton. And basically without giving away the whole thing is we needed to feature like a hotspot, you know, and she was thinking of bars and restaurants. And I was just like, why don't we just do the hotspot as the Canton Square? You know, like everyone in Canton knows the Canton Square. Everyone in Baltimore knows what the Canton Square is. It's been around forever. There's tons of bars and restaurants, this and that. We can just 
cruise through the Canton Square and show off all the different bars and restaurants and establishments and tell the history of it. And I'll just do it through like a rap. So I actually just like wrote the basic rap last night at my studio and uh, I got to record it um, on Sunday with my recording guy now. Uh, hopefully I can put together what I'm looking to do, but I think it's, I think it's pretty good. We'll I, you know, you were nice enough to uh, give me a taste and it's fucking bad. You guys are in for such a treat, man. You guys have no clue. The cool thing uh, is too, is like I live here in Canton and I have now for like 10 plus years. And the Canton community is really cool. It's unique. People get really get along. It's friendly other than some negativity on that page. Um, everyone kind of knows everyone. Everybody knows the bartenders and the restaurants and things like that. So to be able to like kind of give back and like highlight the area that I've like enjoyed for, for a decade now is really cool. Um, I, I truly do love living here. That's why I've stayed here. Um, and I, I enjoy being able to walk everywhere and go to the gym and the bars and the restaurants and things like that. You walk in and everyone knows you. Um, I'm just excited to get like the reaction of the neighbors. So when, you know, when they see it on TV, we actually are going to reach out. Paul, you met my guy, Paul. Um, Paul's like the Canton mayor, you know, bartended at Coladas for years and all that. And Paul is going to try and maybe post on the page or this or that. We're going to try and invite out um, as many people as we can from the neighborhood at the end of the shoot to do like a scene with like a drone, some video, so that if they want to try, if they want to be a part of it and be on TV, be a little extra, they can. Yeah, and that's just, that just once again, you know, proves to, you know, the kind of guy you are where, you know, you you're, you want to involve the community as much as possible and highlight it as, as, a, as truly a great place to visit because it really is. And I got, you know, I've got a lot of clients in, that are in that area and um, it, it really is a, an awesome community. The, um, Leading up to that, what do you have any idea of when that's going to air? Um, I think so. It's put together. I mean, they send out a film and a camera crew, then they edit it. I think it'll probably air. I think it will air within a month or two. I don't. It doesn't take a ton of time. It's not like cable TV. Sure. On Amazon. So what they do is, I think they just send out the camera crew. Um, they leave it. They kind of give you the flexibility and freedom to like leave the script and everything up to, to you all I think the show's more than that there's a host going to be with us too but I think the show's more than just how they have the agents in it I'm not fully educated on it yet but they, they do give you flexibility and freedom to like choose your locations and what kind of content you want to cover and then I guess they just have an, an editing room editors and they, they just they put it together so I don't have any control of how they're going to um, create it or make it but um, we're just going to do what we do and see see what they do with it very cool. So we're going to, we typically at the end of this, we usually um, want to give some value back to the listeners. So give me, I'm going to ask you, uh, it's basically it's going to be two questions and it's going to be three parts coming from you. So the first question is going to be, what are three things that, and it doesn't have to be adjacent to any vertical. It can be pretty much anybody that's just trying to get some exposure online. Um, three creative ways to brand yourself personally online? Um, let's see. The first thing I would, the first piece of advice I would give to anybody and on multiple reasons, and this is for social media content and I think everything in life is be yourself. Because um, the easiest thing to do every day when you wake up is to be yourself. Um, so if you can wake up, be yourself, you're already winning. Um, also, in addition to that, 
if you're not yourself, people can see through that. Like you, like you said, people see through that shit. And at the same time, to not be yourself and continuing to try and be somebody that you think people want you to be is going to be such a headache and you're not going to be able to keep up with it. It's going to have tons of negative impacts. So just, just be yourself and let people connect with who you are because people want to work with you. People want to connect with who you are, you know, not, not who you're trying or you think you should be. Um, in addition to that, I would say don't be scared to or be scared to, but do it is uh, just step out of your comfort zone. You know, I was like nervous at first when I thought I was going to be making raps and especially when they started getting exposure and seeing, you know, what are people going to think? But step out of your comfort zone because the only time I've ever seen real gains and growth um, in Instagram following or facial social media following or monetary gains or bettering myself is when I've gone out of my comfort zone and I made it and I've done something that I didn't know if it was going to work or not and I was a little nervous and scared. So don't be scared to go out of your comfort zone. Try something different. Um, the last piece of advice for the social media stuff I'd say is, you know, focus on both sides of it. The, the content, creative, being creative, entertaining, or, or whatever kind of content you're trying to create, which is great. Figure that out. Don't just half-ass it. I mean, plan some stuff. You know, you can put together, like when I do this video on Wednesday, I'm not going to just make the video and it's going to air when it airs. I'm going to have like a whole campaign of like how we're going to have Instagram stories and this and that behind it and set it all up before I even go into it. Um, so the contents, one whole side, and then like we spoke about earlier, the other side of it is you have to learn how to push the content. If you don't want to learn how, and it's a pain in the ass, I recommend you don't hire Todd, um, and outsource what you need to outsource those, uh, video people and stuff like that. It's, it's not, it's not that expensive. Um, but the uh, number one piece of advice there is to hire Todd, let him handle your content for you. Yeah, I appreciate that one. And then, and so let's get into uh, the the last part of it, which I think is even more important. Um, three things that you do every day to stay motivated to reach the goals that you're currently on right now. Um, let's see. So it's on my life. I'm it's my life's crazy right now. You know, and so is mine. And so a lot of people ask me these questions and sometimes I give them, give them my advice, but I like to hear your perspective on it. So three things that keep you motivated. I look back at every day sometimes and, and every week and I'm like, what did I even do? You know, I'm like hundred different places and talking to hundred different people and doing a hundred different things. So on, on that aspect, I would say one piece of advice I would give you is don't try and like, if you're trying to accomplish something, accomplish it right. Don't have a list of 10 of those big projects maybe a small list of little daily tasks and to-dos. And then if, like right for me right now, I have a couple big projects in the works, but my big one right now that I'm fully focused on is this TV is This show. podcast, absolutely, yes, I know. That's right. <laughs> this podcast too, you know, I had it on my calendar and I was ready to do it. And the host who's lovely and wonderful and I, I thought he was just his Ironman, he canceled on me the first time around, man. I, <laughs> I was there for him, you know, I threw some, moved some stuff around. This was one of the number one priorities I had today. Sorry, all the clients. I'm supposed to meet today. I'll see you this afternoon. Yeah, fuck um, off. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and uh, so that, yeah, just make a plan and try to stick to it and follow it. And don't don't try and do too much. You know, you don't want to overextend yourself and not accomplish accomplish nothing. You know, You'd rather have less to do on your plate and get it done. Um, another thing I would say is, uh, or what would you say? What motivates and drives yeah, me every just day? Just keeps you going every day. Yep. Um. One, one huge thing is, and this is like just a, a big piece of life advice that I've learned and like I used to hear it and kind of think like what, and I'd be like, 
when I was younger, it was like, we'll make this amount of money or, or save this amount or, or reach this level or whatever it is. Um, for me is this is absolutely like my driving force. This is huge for me is like, if you can find some sort of why outside yourself, um, that that's bigger than yourself and that can make you get out of bed and work hard every day and like stay focused and start something and finish it and keep on the right path with flip. If you can find that simple why, whatever it is for you, um, that it's, it's one of the most motivating things in the world. You know, for me, for example, it's my, my family. So, and that, and that's simple. A lot of people might say, I love my family. They're my why too. But then the day, like my why is like really my family. Like my situation changed when my dad died. Like, you know, love him. He raised me right. We were, everything was perfect. He paid for everything as we were growing up. We had a vacation, all that, but we weren't super wealthy. You know, when he died, I paid for his funeral. Um, and I knew I, you know, I was going to take care of my mother and support her for the rest of her life. Like whatever she needed, she works. She's fine. She, she, she still lives in the house we grew up in. But at the end of the day, like I want her to know that she's comfortable. And, and when she wants to stop working, if she needs something, she can get the same with my little sisters and you know, my brother does well, but if he ever needed him too. Um, and, and any of my in-laws or any close friends and family. And I have a list of people right now that actually owe me money. You're listening and pay up. But just because I, I, my brother always told me I'm just too trusting and giving and stuff like that, which is, it's a good I, I get the, Mikey, I get the exact same thing, man. I'm over loyal yeah. and I'm way too trusting. And if some, if, if, if I have money, then anyone around me that's in need, I try to help them as much as possible. Yeah. And I, I mean, I got to a point where I just thought I, uh, you know, because I everything I have, I'm not saying I I made it myself. I've had a lot of people help and support me on the way. Sure. As far as like my journey and my financial gains and like the jobs I've chosen and like how I've you know I paid for my college when I was in college. I paid for my own haircuts growing up. All my cars I bought myself. You know, I had a lot of buddies in high school. They just came from wealthy families and they got that first car for free and their college was paid. And like people come from different lives and lifestyles and not, neither is wrong. Whether you come from one or the other, or you're in the middle, whatever it is. But like I've embraced mine and I I just have a one thing I will say, like, I don't, I'm humble. I don't like to brag about myself or anything like that. But one thing I can say I'm super proud of is like, you know, I've, I've made it to where I am now. You know, I want to go further and further, but I have made it to where I am now all by myself. You know, I, I, I wasn't given any money. I never had anyone to reach. You know, I have people in my life if something ever went crazy or something like that, but I've never had to do that. And uh, now I'm at a point where I recently just had to, I got a little upset. I'm like, felt like I was being kind of taken advantage of in a sense. So, um, but that that being able to support the people you love and like and i'm not talking like my mom needs money this moment or or she doesn't have food on the table you know i'm i'm talking i was actually talking to my financial advisor today like i have short term and some long-term goals one of my long-term goals is like when she's really older she needs a retirement home or assist living or care or something like that like last living grandfather's in that situation now um luckily with all his properties he's got a pot of money sitting there that's paying for that nine thousand dollars a bill every month and that might run out and if it does who's that financial burden fall on so like i'm thinking years down the road and then also short term so my mother can be happy with going vacations eat wherever she wants go gets whatever she wants and same with you know my sisters and things like that um so that why i think it is just just huge if you can find that um, well, it, you know, it's funny and not to cut you off here, but the, you know, the sign that I make whenever like it's even part of my logo, a lot of people think that that's that, that like rock and roll sign. And if you actually look closely at that logo, the reason I used that was because it's actually a W, um, the way that it's facing you. And I always say that that's, I'm making sure that my wife, which is my family, my kids, you know, Nicole, everybody out there, 
uh, my mom, my dad, and everything else. Like the reason that get, the thing that gets me out, even if I don't want to, is them. That like when I'm running on the treadmill, I see runner looking up at me and he sees me working out at the gym every day and they come to the office with me. It's important that they see that, that that's why I'm doing, why I'm doing it is for them. And so there's a little tidbit about me that maybe you guys didn't know that that's actually a W. And Todd, and you can, man, that's super cool. I love that. And you can take away, if you strip away all the important things in your life, which for the most people I've at the end of the day, I truly believe the most important things in your life are your relationships with the people you love and having those people and their health and all that. So like when you strip all that away, would I be who I am right now or would I be doing what I'm doing if I took all that away? I would absolutely not be. And I think you'd probably say the same, right? If you yep. didn't have people, would you be the person you are right now? You know? So that just tells people like if you have to be a certain person for the people you love and care about and you want to be that person, then then do your damn best to be it. Um, and that goes a lot back to me too with the drinking thing, you know, like my family struggled a lot when I was hurting so bad. And I, look, I don't go to AA. I was never, I don't preach to people on like 12 steps or like not, not that man or anything. But, um, at the end of the day, like I did upset and hurt my family and some people I was in relationships with and things like that. And I have extreme guilt for it because they were, I always thought I was okay. Cause I was financially successful. I was making money so I could pay for my own shit. At the end of the day, when they're worried about me, God knows where I am, what time it is, what am I doing? Like, he's upset again, he's drowning himself, he had a panic attack, like, where is he, what's going on? Like, I don't want to ever put my family in a position like that ever again. Um, lastly, the last thing I can say to drive you, and this is very, very important, and, and you've heard this before, but use other people. But use other people who also are using you, mutual relationships, but people that are on your level, people that are above your level, like having a mentor, someone who's been there, done it, is extremely valuable, more valuable than making money. Um, having people by your side that like, are just as motivated as you and they have the same goals and you guys are on the same page with things is super motivating. Um, having people that you try to help or hire or that are below you or that, that you can be their mentor and help raise them up to the next level is super motivating as well. Like I've put a lot of responsibility on myself by having all these sales reps that I took a hit in the short term by not doing as much business myself by taking time and effort to train them to be the best they can be. And I truly want their success. I truly want them to be happy. I want them to have good, good, happy lives. I want them to be successful. I want them to do well. I want them to be in a position where I am now and they're looking out to hire people to help them. Is there a financial benefit for me and the company by having them? Absolutely, and I'll tell them that. You know, of course there is, you know? But at the same time, they push me. You know, I if they're not on their A game, they're letting themselves down. Like if I'm not on my A game, I'm letting them down and, and the company, you know? So I put, that on myself to kind of keep me in check as well. Yeah, I mean that's 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 right on the money. I mean you hit the nail on the head uh, from that standpoint, and that's where you know for me when when we first started it was the same thing. Like I put a lot on myself, and I probably still put a lot more on myself than I probably should. But I'm a very I'm I'm a bit older and I'm a very hands-on person, and and to me that's always been important. But I think it's also been important in the last couple. I guess probably the last three to four months or maybe even six months where I've stepped away just a bit, a little bit, um, and let the team really start kind of doing things on their own. And it's been pretty amazing to see what these people oh, are, what they're capable of. So, um, Mikey, uh, where can people follow you? Cause there's, I, I posted something on my Instagram story just a couple minutes ago about us recording. And now there's people that are DMing me saying how awesome your Instagram page is. Oh, God. And that looks like they're going to follow you already now. So can you give us some shout outs here of the, uh, the uh, tags or usernames that you guys are you're using currently? 
crypto just on instagram it's at michael andrew Ruder, and that's r-u-d-e-r or at michael andrew Ruder. facebook is the same for my i've made set up like a little artist page it has a lot of my content that's at michael andrew Ruder. um and then my regular facebook page is my name michael Ruder. Um, and, the bit, and the business too i want to talk about that so the business is a master's title in escrow and you can either google our website www.masterstitle.com um or you can simply the easiest way to reach me is just by my cell phone should i throw my cell phone out there does it matter dude it's up to you bro my cell phone is hey if you want to call me because i'm a lot of fun and i'm number one call me at 443-834-2431 word uh-huh. yeah todd collins is the bomb uh mikey i gotta tell you man it's been uh a blast this is probably maybe the longest episode we've ever had and i i hope you guys all made it to the end i'm gonna make sure that um we pull from this and we're gonna do a little blog as well um highlighting some of the the tips tricks and and little things that that mike kind of said on here it's been an enlightening episode it's been um emotional in the very beginning and very fun here towards the end um but we've got some really cool stuff um that hopefully that mike and i are going to be doing together for you guys to keep, not only keep you guys entertained but a lot of value well todd thank you man wrap it up i just i'm super grateful for this opportunity honestly i i told you i was having trouble you're making fun of me because i was logged in last night just trying to test it out i've never done a podcast as my first one um thank you very much for the opportunity you know I, you know i think the world of you um, and for anyone listening out there, if you're reaching out to Todd for social media help or life advice or anything, he's, he's a good guy to have by your side. That right there made my day. Buddy, thank you so much again for being on. I appreciate it. All right, Todd. Touch base with you soon. Thank you, man. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.